0: Sometimes life feels out of our control. We get stuck in trauma, old patterns, and change feels out of reach. Sometimes it feels like fate. We want to help you break out of old, unhelpful patterns and become healthier. We're fate resilience, taking control of the outcome. With licensed therapists, Jennifer Oxford,
1: Taylor Madsen,
0: Haley Mayer. Um, All right, guys. This is the first time we're doing this in multiple places we're not in texas yet but you're on your way
2: i'm uh of the five homes i will live in and the next week i am in number three <laughs>
0: <laughs> well that means you're more than halfway there that's good yes Kay. that's right all right
1: today we're gonna talk about love love tells us that we have a deep and abiding respect and care for something or someone
0: I always feel like after you say that, like intro, it's like, and there you go. Done and seen. (laughs) We made that joke many times, but every time it feels that way. Our dictionary. I know.
1: There's actually lots of different kinds of love, but generally moving forward in the podcast, when we talk about love, that's going to be the definition that we're referring to in shorthand. Yes. But there's unconditional love, there's romantic love, there's affectionate love, there's self love, there's familiar love, there's familial love, there's enduring love, there's playful love, there's obsessive love, there's infatuated love.
0: Which those I, when I was taught it, actually linked together and they were called addictive love was when, was what I had been taught with that. So yeah, there's, you can go into more details. I was taught when I had my, different stuff that i worked with at one time i worked with a sorority and we were talking about healthy relationships and i did this um healthy relationship uh workshop with them essentially and we talked about three different types of love based off of i have a a relationship workbook that it kind of broke it down into three and it was the beginning part was romantic love right it was the one that was like the honeymoon stage the second you know not that it's a thing you go from one to the other but it was like romantic love and then it could break down into two other ones once it got past it where it was either nurturing love which was you're going together it's a healthy boundary or addictive love which i loved to use twilight as my example of that super unhealthy yeah. yeah and also every teenage girl's uh pinterest board of quotes of if I couldn't have you, I'd die and things like that. So yeah,
2: we're, we're aging ourselves just a little bit when we talk about (laughs) Twilight. People still use Pinterest
0: though, so I feel good about that.
2: One of the things with all those types of love, as Taylor was listening and I was making sure that this applies, but that love motivates us to move closer to people or things. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't matter what kind of love it is because when we move closer to people, things, sometimes that's healthy and helpful, and sometimes it's unhealthy
1: and unhelpful. Absolutely. And that's why we see those love hate relationships, those on off again relationships uh, in that unhealthy kind of love where it's just infatuated love, Um, infatuated love, they're just looking towards each other. There's no shared connection or meaning. There's no shared values and there's no planning for the future or bigger picture. It's just in the moment. And then when you're no longer in the moment, and you start to see the things that argue about the other person or there's a conflict, you break up. But then the passion is there and the only thing that brings you together or has any lasting effect is the passion. And for a healthy relationship, passion is not a foundation. Mm-mm.
0: No, it needs to be built off other things.
2: I think one of the things that we've talked about before is the attachment cycle. And we've, we're going to talk about that more eventually. But... Love, we can become attached to the idea of being in love with somebody, so mm-hmm. to a person, and then we put up with whatever's going on with that person. Or we can love certain behaviors, and that's what goes on with the hot and cold or the love hate relationship, is we can say, I love you, but I don't love what you're doing. Yeah. But I don't know how to separate the two.
0: That's kind of the <laughs> I thought of two pop culture references. Just a second. My local house to be <laughs> <You're laughs> back thinking of Katy Perry songs I'm also thinking about how to lose a guy in 50 days where she's like I love you but I don't like you right now right like things like that 10 days yes whatever I said (laughs) 30 (laughs) days 50 Um, days is more common than 10 maybe I don't know (laughs) (laughs) it makes sense but um but yeah no so I think thinking about I again I can think of so many different like pop culture media references to that kind of a you know unhealthy back and forth and things like that. And I think it's because we we say that that's what love is. even the whole prop like preference of like, if a boy's pulling your pigtails, he must really like you. Rather than just being like, no, he's just a jerk and he doesn't know how to handle like crap.
1: And <laughs> even if he likes you, that's not an OK way to express it. No.
0: And that's or not...
1: an OK message to tell little girls.
0: Yeah. Like, hey, one day you'll have a guy who beats up on you and just because he loves you. Right. Like that's just ugh, I hate it. So I think that back and forth, unfortunately, is very common.
1: And there are people with this unhealthy sense of love that if you love me, you have to accept my behavior. Mm-hmm. And this is because be it like,
0: means I love you. Right.
1: And so this is not a great analogy I'm going to use anyway. Like, I loved my dog growing up. Now, I wasn't okay with her pooping on the carpet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like, no, we're going to do that outside. Good for you. I think the other thing we often think about,
2: love is a... Uh, relational experience too so we love people and people love us Mm -hmm. and people don't always view love in the same way so if we go back to this idea that love is something that draws us closer and we want more of something sometimes people look at their spouse and they think I love that you clean the house and I love that you take care of everything and oh my goodness that's how I love you and then the spouse on the other hand who's doing all those things isn't feeling loved because they feel alone Mm
1: -hmm. and they're
2: not getting what they need or the things that they want to move close to and so understanding that just because we love somebody doesn't mean they love us back Mm -hmm. and without going into all the different types of Ways we can express love. I think it's important to recognize that the relational aspect of love isn't just one direction. If also name of a boy band. Um, <laughs> sorry, Bingo. Um, but Everyone I remember. I know. <laughs> I remember as a teenager, right when we start to want to be drawn towards people or we start to be attracted to people. I was sure I was in love. And that was about me wanting to be drawn towards the people that I had a crush on Mm -hmm. versus they didn't love me back all the time, which means that I I wasn't somebody that was drawing them in versus when I got married and I was able to find those bi-directional relationships where they are drawn to me and I am drawn to them.
1: Mm -hmm. And some people with trauma, this isn't a universal trauma response. Some people will be freaked out when they get that returned love. Mm-hmm. And they won't know what to do with it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And then I was just talking about attachment styles. It then goes into that, right? It goes into the different types of attachment styles of you have the avoidant, you have the anxious, you have the disorganized, and you have the secure, right? You've got the...
1: Which in the coming weeks we'll spend lots of time on.
0: Yeah. And so I think it's also about saying one thing I will say before we go into that is um, Sneak Peek. But one of the one of the big things with it is I love the book Attached um, by Amir Levine, and it's a great... I don't even know where mine is at. I think I lent it to someone, and now it's missing, obviously. But I think... You know who you are. I know. <laughs> if you find it, give um, it a book. Please return set of Haley's copy of Attached <laughs> to... I know. <laughs> to me. One of the messages I really liked from the book, and we'll talk more in depth about everything else in future episodes, but... What I will say is I really loved how it said it's not that we need to look in shame at what our attachment style is. We need to acknowledge what our attachment style is. And the more we do so, the more we become more of a secure attachment, right? It's less about the idea of I am anxious, therefore, actually I'm more avoidant, but I'm avoidant, therefore I'm an unhealthy attachment style and I'm awful and I need to, you know, say, no, I need to be secure attached. No, I need to first accept that I'm avoidant and that's how I react to this idea of love and things like that or, you know, any of those kinds of emotions and I need to be securely knowing how to work with that and then magically as I start to accept it, I start to be more of a secure attachment and I start to be more of a healthy, balanced individual and so I think one of the things with that is with love, how we show love, it's about acknowledging how things are happening. So Haley, as you bring up that idea,
2: I love that it goes back to this idea of shame versus self-compassion. So we're going to talk more about that. One of the things that I get asked a lot is, was it real love? And Mm -hmm. if it was unhealthy, was it real? And I like this definition of if it motivates you to seek reward, that means it's love. It doesn't mean it's healthy, but it means it's love. Mm -hmm. And so if you were in an unhealthy relationship and maybe there was abuse and they said they loved you, it would be confusing because what they're saying is I'm seeking a reward through our relationship, but that doesn't mean both people are receiving the reward.
1: Or that both people are using the same definition of the same of the 13 kinds of love I listed off, right? Because some people love their Ferrari, Mm -hmm. which is not going to be the same kind of love that I have for my wife. And so when some some people say, I love you, they may not be feeling or thinking of the same kind of love, but they may think that they are.
0: It's Ferrari love. It's not people love. Yeah. I,
1: I wipe my Ferrari down every night with a diaper, like in the <laughs> But
0: But let's
2: be fair, right? Because if we go back to attachment, some people might have more control over being attached to objects or sports or those kinds of things because they can control the happiness and reward they're getting from those things and so when you say you love an object or you love an activity or you love to bake goods that's because you can control the outcome loving people is a lot more difficult because you can't control the outcome.
1: Which is why some people confuse the love they feel for objects and the love they feel for people and try to control people, uh, whether they're aware of it or not, because they're trying to get that same reward or rewarding experience out of people instead of seeking to enrich the other person's life. And that's the reward.
0: I think, oh, go ahead.
2: It's really important to understand that if you say, oh, well, he's trying to control me and that's loving, or she's trying to control me and that's loving, that that's not true. That is control, and they may be struggling with their own attachment style. That doesn't mean automatically that they're a bad person, but that they are trying to use the control of you to manage their own emotions. And as people talk about that and they say, gosh, in my relationship, sometimes I love my partner and sometimes I can't stand them. Mm -hmm. That is usually a sign that sometimes they are calm and engaged with you in a healthy way. And sometimes they're in control because of their emotional dysregulation. And that's why we do individual therapy before couples therapy, because we have to individually regulate before we can use love objects to have healthy attachment and love objects including people not to be confused with the idea of objectifying which is treating a person like an object
0: i think with that the thing that comes to mind that i keep thinking of is like those slogans or sayings that influencers or you know people who like to promote themselves keep saying of like That's not love, you know, and it's especially those people who are trying to like advocate for people to have healthy relationships. They just automatically make it into this very shaming victimizing role, like essentially putting the person into a victim role without them even putting themselves into it.
1: It may not be healthy love, but
0: and it's not to say, yeah, unfortunately, we want love to always be this happy go lucky thing love is a spectrum of emotion just as every other emotion we've thus discussed is right we've talked about being tired being a spectrum we talked about shame being a spectrum we talked about all these things and it's not the sentence to say like love is what makes you feel happy all the time and does this the definition is how we move towards something unfortunately some people think And some people, their reasons they do these things that aren't healthy is to move towards someone. So like we said, so it it follows the definition. It's just not the Valentine's Day red heart love that we want, and so-
1: Which is romance.
0: mm -hmm, Which is a whole different thing, right? Not a whole different thing in the sense of not even the same ballpark, but a whole different thing in the sense of that's a different definition, a different word. So what I can hear people saying is, but what you're describing isn't love, right? And we need to kind of look at that
1: because oh go ahead jen Mm -hmm.
2: i wanted to say that romantic love is that mutual that we move together and we seek happiness and reward together which is why it's often aligned on values
1: and goals romance is is the sexual kind of love so what's the what would you call that nurturing Uh, agape it's the unconditional (laughs) right
2: because in hopefully in a healthy relationship you have both the well In a romantic relationship, you'll have both. You'll have that unconditional, we both move towards values and that makes us happy together. And you'll have that sexual kind of love where with parent and child, you will have that mutual love of seeing you grow and seeing you be healthy. That makes me really happy in a healthy parent and child relationship versus other types of love. And so it's really important that we give ourselves permission to look at what we're saying Whether the love is mutually reciprocated in a healthy way, and are we again so busy? And this goes back to what Haley was saying seeking addictive love or seeking that dopamine release with whatever we're experiencing. Dopamine
1: is nice. Dopamine (laughs) is nice.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But again, that's the reward. So some people can be in love with the dopamine and not the person or the object or even the experience.
1: Uh, like uh, Haley was saying earlier and what you're saying now, Jen, love will uh, wax and wane throughout a relationship, throughout a marriage, throughout a committed relationship. And it's important that we have a firm foundation underneath that because as the love wanes for natural reasons, like childbirth, children are quite the time and resource suck. And so love naturally wanes, Mm. usually the most dissatisfying time in a marriage is after childbirth and with small children because you have less time for each other. Now that's not to say don't have children, this is just natural cycle in a relationship. And so if we have a firm foundation of friendship, of that mutual like and understanding and empathy and compassion for each other, then as the love wanes, as the, the romance, maybe wanes, you have to make more of an effort, as um, the unconditioned, we start to get on each other's nerves because we're short on sleep, that friendship will carry us through.
2: And I want to add to that because this is really important because it happens in relationships where there aren't kids too. So understanding that that waxing and waning in a relationship comes also from your own stresses and emotional regulation. Again, Absolutely.
1: Why, that was just one example. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. But again, why individual therapy versus couples therapy is where we often start. Because if you're struggling and you're saying, my spouse isn't making me happy, that may not be the only way to get you into a more
0: regulated state. Yeah. How do you recognize that you are feeling love towards someone? I do. I just as a quick recap. In a healthy or unhealthy way. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I can, I can see people sitting here and listening and saying, okay, then how do I recognize that this is love? I think we could look at it healthy or unhealthy.
1: If I can see someone for who they are, Mm Hmm. Pros and cons, qualities and flaws, and I want what's best for that person while maintaining my own self-care and boundaries. That's healthy love. Uh, Any of the healthy loves that I listed. Unhealthy love is I'm going to sacrifice my boundaries and self-care to do whatever is needed for that person because I can't tolerate that person not being happy or excited. And
2: I'm going to say that slightly different. I like the healthy one, but the unhealthy, I'm going to say it this way. If I am unfiltered or unboundaried seeking a reward or connection, that would be unhealthy.
1: Mm. Absolutely.
2: Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Please feel free to rate, subscribe, and review. And if you want to find us on social media, we're on Instagram and Facebook at Fate Resilience. We would love to hear from you.